Welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this very basement, which is full of plastic knockoffs of Pinhead's puzzle box, a sentient jack-o'-lantern, and a zombie's discarded designer cardigan. I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, how about we start out today, like we always do, with the uh, scariest thing that happened to us this week? Uh, what went down in your life outside of the scary basement that truly spooked you to your bones? Roxy, this week I watched Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, no. And it was so bad that it <laughs> upset me. Uh, that uh, sounds about right. That's my reaction to that movie as well. That movie hurt my feelings a lot. <laughs> So that was by far the scariest thing that happened to me. I, I was, I'm on a Halloween kick. I don't know if you know this, Roxy. It's Halloween. We are here in the scary basement with our friend Michael Myers. He's around. I'm just like, I'm feeling Halloween-y. And there's just like this rebooted Michael Myers story that I had just never heard before. And so, or seen. You don't hear a movie, uh-huh. idiot. <laughs> I mean, uh, people talk about if you should watch it, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I guess that's true. You do listen to <laughs> opinions on movies. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I put in this Rob Zombie Halloween movie, and it's just so gross and mean. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not. I, I warned you. <laughs> real, real upsetting. Roxy, what was the scariest thing that happened to you this week? So my roommate hadn't checked the mail so i went out to check it at like midnight because my sleep schedule is all kinds of fucked up i was like oh maybe like a bill came cool can't wait to get that till tomorrow gotta get it right now um so when i was going to get it i heard a noise sounded like maybe there was somebody watching me from the darkness who was it i turned around it's the neighbor's cat but I didn't know they had a cat. It was very cute and very fluffy. And so I'm like, oh, hi, I want to be your friend. I want to be friends with this cat. Uh, it just kind of stared at me like I was a horrifying creature and then eventually ran away. So it was a fake out, a jump scare, if you will. And then the next- That's cool day- that that happened in real life. Yeah. <laughs> but the real terrifying part was the next day when I saw that my neighbor has like a camera, like a security camera. On their uh-huh. house, I guess, like a ring light or something, something like that, so that they can, I don't know, check for intruders or stolen packages. But it was aimed right where I was, so they've got video footage of me trying to befriend their cat at, like, midnight, like a fucking <laughs> <laughs> That is embarrassing. Uh, I've never even talked to these neighbors either, so it makes it extra awkward. So I had a terrifying first impression that uh, made me cringe inward on myself. That's yeah, scary. no, it's it's scarier when you realize that you're the monster. But <laughs> yeah. cat certainly looked at me like I was. <laughs> Roxy, we of course also have to ask our third guest co-host the scariest thing that happened to them this week. Michael Myers joining us all this month in the scary basement to review Halloween movies. Michael Myers, what was the scariest thing that happened to you this week? All right, dude, if you're not going to participate, like... I think he's just shy. It's it's okay. He can come back and circle around later if he, right. if he thinks of it. <laughs> oh, shit. Here he is. Demon bot. Greetings, mortals. Have you watched the 1998 film Halloween H2O or your soul's forfeit? Yes, demon bot. We did watch Halloween H2O. Yeah. Good. Then you may keep your souls for now. Great. Cool. <laughs> uh, Michael Myers, did you watch the movie? 
Don't know why I even asked. Roxy, we watched Halloween H2O. <laughs> do we want to go through a quick plot recap? Let's do that. I would love to talk all about what this movie's about. Okay. We start with learning that Dr. Loomis, the man who has watched over Michael Myers since the first movie, is dead. And a nurse inherited all of his files. It's a few days before Halloween 1998, and this nurse's house is broken into and her file on Laurie Strode is stolen. But that's not the only thing wrong in this uh, <laughs> neighborhood. Two neighbor boys and the nurse herself are killed as Michael Myers is now back on a murder spree just in time for a family reunion. Meanwhile, in California, Lori has faked her death and gotten a new name. Now she lives with her teenage son, John, and is the headmistress of the illustrious Hillcrest Academy. Lori also has a new boyfriend who works at the school with her, and even though Lori's faked her death, she still has nightmares and day drinks to escape her fear of Michael Myers and all the death and trauma she has experienced. John wants to spend time with his girlfriend and friends, so he fakes going on a field trip over the Halloween break. Lori thinks he's safe off on a school trip, but he is in fact ditching school and staying over at the school itself while it is empty and all the other students are gone. Uh, the security guard is the only one left at the school, and he notices a suspicious truck parked outside without a driver. He checks it and sees no one. Unfortunately, he failed to see Michael Myers sneak into the school grounds when his back was turned. <laughs> Lori and her teacher boyfriend are having a heart-to-heart -heart chat, and that's when she reveals her past and that she's still running from it, even though Michael Myers is supposed to be dead and she has a new life. Lori then gets a call where she is told that her son has ditched his trip, and she also realizes that John is the same age that she was when Michael last struck. Lori then rushes to the school in a panic. Her suspicion sadly pays off when John's two friends are killed, and John and his girlfriend are now on the run from their killer brother, Michael Myers. Oh, he back. Luckily, Lori is able to save her son. However, she is now confronted with Michael face to face for the first time in 20 years through a thin pane of glass. Two of them look at each other before Michael leaves to find a new way to kill them all. Lori's boyfriend mistakes the security guard for Michael and uses up all of his bullets and hits the poor guy in the process. While they check on the security guard, uh, Michael shows up for real and kills the new boyfriend right in front of Lori. Running through the school, Lori is able to get her son and her son's girlfriend to safety. But now, Lori realizes she must face her brother one-on-one. -on -one. Lori fights him and stabs him multiple times, pushing him off a balcony. Michael Myers does appear dead, but Lori wants to make sure. And as she's about to stab him yet again, the security guard, who is surprisingly alive, shows up, tells Lori, it's okay, she killed Michael Myers, it's all good. Shh, shh, quiet, darling. <laughs> As the coroner van is about to drive away with Michael's dead body, Lori knows she has to make sure that he's really dead, for real this time. So she takes away the van to take away the body, to get him out of there and get him away from her son, and get him in a spot where she can destroy him for real. As Lori predicted, Michael is in fact not dead, he sits up in his body bag and causes Lori to crash the car. The crash pins Michael to a tree and he cannot move. Michael Myers then reaches out to his sister, who he has terrorized and traumatized for years. And she almost takes his hand in sympathy. But then she grabs an axe and chops his head off, making sure once and for all, he's not getting up again. And that's Halloween H20. That's Halloween Baby. H20. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> why not, I guess, right? <laughs> 
Roxy, I'm really struggling. I have no idea if I like this movie or not. Really? Okay, well, explain. What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? I think that this movie is hitting a bizarre middle ground between a horror movie that has something interesting to say about, again, the world we live in, and a silly schlocky horror movie that is just about, like, interesting kills. Uh-huh. And it and it's kind of doing neither. It's kind of, like, falling between, like, the times when it's- Really? When it's, like, killing people real good, it's funny, and the <laughs> time when it's got something to say about, you know, uh, generational trauma- uh, then it gets kind of interesting, but never super interesting and never super mm. funny. It's like kind of, it's, it's kind of stuck in between this liminal space, much like Michael Myers himself. I don't think that's, uh, true. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I guess him as a mythological horror villain, I guess. An iteration of he, Michael Myers. Yeah. He's been a lot of things. <laughs> I guess I can see that. I know, I feel like the movie is pretty straightforward in, like you mentioned before, kind of overcoming trauma in general and trying to, like, get your life back together, kind of take control of your life again. Because the whole movie, Laurie is shown, like, you know, suffering from the nightmares and just the memory and shadow of Michael kind of looming over her in her mind until, like, he's actually there for real. It is, like, a physical thing she can destroy and overcome. Mm -hmm. But so that, that like, didn't do it for you or didn't feel good enough or, like... It just felt like it never quite committed to eat. Like, it was too silly to make me really invested in Lori and too focused on Lori to ever let me have that much fun. It felt like there were long stretches in this movie where, like, nothing funny was happening. Funny in terms of, like, Michael causing mayhem? Like, yeah, (laughs) chase scenes or, like, interesting kills or, like, uh, stupid teenagers having sex and then getting stabbed. Like, the the horror movie tropes we're here for. Uh, It felt like there were, like, big, long stretches where just, like, fucking Josh Hartnett, who plays Laurie's son, is just uh, running around an academy. (laughs) And he's, uh, yeah, there's some school time with him and his friends. Cannot cannot decide if he wants to go on this big school trip or not. He both really wants to go and then gets permission to go and skips it. Like, he can't decide. Like, there's a lot of... I feel like there's more screen time than is necessary devoted to Josh Hartnett's choice as to whether or not he goes on the trip. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I guess I can understand why they kept it in because they're showing that he... His mother is still really important to him, and he wants to be there for her if she needs him, like, to just not be alone, especially during, like, this particular, uh, like, whenever it's Halloween time, I guess, because the mm-hmm. Halloween is the anniversary of the all the shit that happened to her in the past. Oh, yeah. Um, but it didn't feel like it, I, I completely agree, it didn't need to be so much back and forth. He, sh- <laughs> he can just, like... <laughs> <laughs> the, mo- the movie has decided that we are deeply invested in the camping trip and yeah. whether or not he's going uh, i guess because it's also Lori, because she's like no you can't go and then she's like no okay he has to be able to live his own life i can't make my son suffer through the shit like i did i need mm-hmm. to let go so she the whole time she's like no you can't and then she's like okay you can't but then he also <laughs> already <laughs> He's like, okay, well, I'm going to pretend not to go then because I told all of my friends I wasn't going. Yeah. Like, yeah, why Why are the logistics so, so Yeah, convoluted? the movie gets into it. it. <laughs> Her conversations. There. Here are four characters and they all have different opinions on the camping trip. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad they do. Um, can we talk about these friends that he has? 
Oh, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. They're sure something. Looking to see if I have, uh, if I wrote down their names. I don't remember their names. Homeboy, the male friend. So Josh uh-huh. Hartnett has Michelle Williams, who is his girlfriend mm-hmm. from Dawson's Creek, as we all remember. And then he's got uh, two sure. friends, a guy and a girl who are also in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And this dude looks like Martin Short from Clifford. <laughs> Does he? He is a weird looking gremlin boy, and he's just happens to be in a relationship with the hottest girl in school. I don't like I've never seen a greater reach, and I'm proud of him. But like, also, this girl is like obsessed with having sex with him. And she also like talks about how much she loves food. (laughs) It's just like it it is very and it's funny that uh, LL Cool J plays a character who is literally this, but uh, it feels very um, men writing women. Yes, uh, yeah. The, a subreddit. Ten percent agree with that. Our <laughs> men writing women is a very funny like subreddit that collects snippets from books or uh, screenplays where like men are describing like how a cool chick works or uh-huh. like describing voluptuous breasts, the nipples. Peaking. Oh my god! Like, Descriptions of nudity when it's stuff like that is always the yeah. worst. It's gross. Or like a woman looking at herself in the mirror, thinking weird things that no one <laughs> would ever think about the way they look. <laughs> so this this couple is the epitome of our men writing women, and they get killed together. And very quickly, too. Like, I, I had seen this movie. I think we, we talked about this before we recorded, so we'll say it real quick so all of you guys get to know. <laughs> this was actually the first Halloween movie I had ever seen, and I watched it, like, on a VHS at, like, a f- sleepover with friends when I was mm-hmm. very young. And I think, Mikey, was- it was kind of the same for you, right? E- exactly the same, yeah. I remember exactly the friend's house who I watched it at. And I didn't remember I had watched it until the very first scene when we catch Joseph Gordon-Levitt who has a yeah. tiny little part in the very beginning of the movie, uh, gets an ice skate in his face. And I really, I had a visceral memory of that ice skate in the face because the way that the, the very first scene of this movie is kind of interesting. Mm. It's a character we've never met. It's a nurse. I kind of couldn't tell if it was supposed to be from the past or present day, which was kind of cool and offsetting. And she, this nurse comes home to her house and it's been broken in. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his little loser friend go inside, like, scope it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, they're like her neighborhood, like, her neighbors or something. They're like yeah. neighbor kids in, like, this uh, kind of middle-class neighborhood. And she's mm-hmm. just like, okay, my house is broken into. They call the cops. The cops are taking forever. And the kids are like, we can go in and check. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's them no, go it, do that. <laughs> exactly right. Like, they're the heroes of this story right now. They are the ones taking action. They are venturing forth into the unknown. We don't, what is kind of interesting to me is how little we know about, like, what's going on. I think this reveal is very cool that this is Dr. Loomis's old nurse. And now that the file of Laurie Strode has gone missing, uh, Michael Myers acting like a frickin' detective over here, (laughs) collecting clues. (laughs) (laughs) But then the fact that ostensibly our heroes of this movie, and in this first scene, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, by the time I was watching this movie, I, like, knew who he was. He was, yeah. like, on Third Rock from the Sun and was, like, a big actor. And I was like, okay, so he's, like, the main character of the movie. And then we, he gets Especially killed. if you're a kid, too, like, thinking that. You'd be like, oh, yeah, of course this kid, yeah. he could be the he, main character, sure. He's me. And I am yeah. him. 
And then off screen, he gets an ice skate into his face. And the nurse later is like looking, like goes over to his house and like opens a door and finds him and is just like, oh, like, I remember being so upset by it because it just felt like it was breaking the rules. It was like, if we're spending that much time with a character, they should have a pivotal role to play in the movie. And this character does not. It was like, yeah, really- they're the prologue characters who get killed off. <laughs> it was a really good fake out, I thought. And like, mm-hmm. that was making me like, okay, I'm going to be into this movie. They're going to like play with the rules. They're going to like subvert my expectations. They're going to do things I'm not seeing coming. And they did a little bit. Mm, yeah, I think this I, movie is like the ultimate B movie for me in that I would give it a B, not that it is a B movie. It's just like, yeah, they do a little bit of a lot of cool stuff a little bit. Yeah, like it feels pretty, pretty solid, but also kind of standard. Yeah, it's not breaking new ground, essentially, but it is very solid for what it is. Yeah. And that's something that I felt also as an adult rewatching it. But um, yeah, back oh, to wait, the that, weird, the on. weird friends, like I didn't remember them dying so quickly and just being kind of like shuffled out of the movie as quickly right. as they were. <laughs> no, are we at a point with Michael Myers movies? by Halloween H2O, which stands for Halloween 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do we need an explanation every time? For, like, why Michael is back? or Why he's back, What he? why he's doing what he's doing. Like, I almost feel like it's a little bit like Batman. Like, we just understand, like, the Joker is out. This, this is going to be a story where the Joker is out. And Batman's going to do his thing. Like, I, I don't mind just, like, Michael Myers coming back because we know the mythology of Michael Myers is that he comes back. He gets out of wherever he is and he comes after you. He comes after Lori specifically. I think more so because Lori is in it. So there is a continuity that they have to address in yeah. this sense, especially which, with it being 20 years later. And Which they, the- again, both do and don't. Yeah, the continuity in horror movie franchises in general is usually always a complete fucking train wreck. <laughs> uh, it's always usually this, a mess. This um, one I, and- I actually really like because I like looked into what it worked because I was like, why did she fake her own death? Why does that like, why couldn't she just be herself? And it turns out in Halloween, maybe like Halloween four, the main character oh, yeah, yeah. is Lori's daughter. And in that oh, movie, Lori wait, has died in a, in a car crash. So I, I haven't I seen enough of them to know, but I thought that, like, in one of them, they kill her off in the opening scene or something. Right, yes. And it was, that's like, what, a really kind of shitty move, honestly. But then they were like, oh, no, actually, it's because she faked her own death. She wasn't actually dead. So it's, right. like, a justification so for that did, choice. They did take into account the fact that she faked her own death. But that movie where she ostensibly dies in a car accident, the main character is her daughter, and she is what not though? brought up What, though? What? Like, she has a daughter in that one? Yeah. <laughs> And then the 2018 remake, like, Josh Hartnett's character doesn't exist either. Like, she has children who just get deleted out of the canon. We (laughs) are on crisis of infinite lorries here. (laughs) Like, Laurie Strode has been through so many different things, but she's also only been through one thing. I think the next (laughs) Halloween movie needs to be all the Laurie Strodes from different dimensions have to fight. And each time you kill another Laurie Strode, you get the strength of that Laurie Strode until you are down to the one. Jet Li's the one. I think that's the plot of that movie. I haven't seen uh, it. <laughs> I thought we were making a Loki reference with all the different dimensional versions of uh, Laurie. That took a turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Is there alligator Laurie. Lori Croc Jet Li's The One is one of those movies that like I heard the plot synopsis once and was so enamored by it but never watched it and reference it all the time I don't even know what the synopsis is but I can clearly remember that movie poster 
Like I think I think he had to travel to every alternate dimension and kill the versions of himself. Really? Until he was the one. Okay, I mean that makes the title make sense. Yeah. But <laughs> Maybe like, that's what tried- we need to watch, Mikey. I think we need to have a watch session for the one. I wish Demon Bot was a little more varied in his genre picks. He seems to only <laughs> pick horror movies and <laughs> Uh, maybe we can convince him hey maybe we can convince him that the one is secretly a horror movie somehow it is scary to think like imagine if you were lying in your bed (laughs) and you just kicked down your own door (laughs) with a knife (laughs) and then you had to either like die or fight yourself and then yeah or kill kill you yeah (laughs) the number one thing i don't want to see is myself dying that's the last thing i want to see roxy that would definitely uh mess with your head (laughs) I don't like it. No, I will not ask you to watch the 2001 film, the one directed by James Wong and starring Jet Li and Jason Statham. I assign you movies in the horror genre, not movies that are themselves horror. Subjecting anyone to Jason Statham attempting to do an American accent is too much even for me. Halloween H2O. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, Halloween H2O. That's right. Uh, okay, so the friends die pretty quickly. And then what do you think about the LL Cool J fake out? Where he gets shot and then just comes back? Yeah, where the stupid boyfriend has a gun and wastes all the bullets and then also shoots at the, the wrong person who is obviously not Michael Myers. Uh, and then, can yeah, I tell you, is he I dead? went back and freeze framed through that scene. Uh-huh. It's Michael Myers in the film when he's shooting at him. Oh, really? Yeah, it's literally Michael Myers. So they, like, replace him? or No, they just, like, had one shot where Michael Myers comes around the corner, and then he gets shot a bunch, and then somebody falls down, and then when they find him, it's LL Cool J. Yeah, I didn't like it. Why? (laughs) Again, this is what I mean, like, that's not clever or, like, a twist or, like, breaking a rule or anything that's just, like, half-hearted. Like, why do we do that? Why do we waste yeah, our like, why just did we waste my time? Out. I guess because LL Cool J is supposed to be like the competent security guard, so you have to take away the person who could protect them, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the way they chose to do it. It like made me hate the boyfriend more because I'm like, you idiot. Like you wasted all of the ammo. Lori could have done it better, <laughs> I'm sure. You just wanted to show how cool you were. <laughs> I really, really liked the be- the first scenes and the last scenes with LL Cool J. Like when we are first meeting him and he's reading uh-huh. His our men writing women story to his wife is he has very erotic funny. fiction. He's a, he yeah. wants to be an erotic fiction writer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's like a take. That's like a funny idea that somebody yeah. had, and they're like, "Let's put this in this movie." And it's like, okay, great. <laughs> um, so that's fun. And then the very last scene with LL Cool J, I think I don't know if we see him again, but like when he stops Lori from just like chopping up Michael Myers, I think mm-hmm. is a very good and like reasonable idea to put in a slasher movie because real people are like don't stop it <laughs> stop. Like, you're yeah not like you shot him, him and he him up. Or stabbed him and then he fell he's dead of course right and it's it's <laughs> such a reasonable response to what's going on and such like a uh-huh. human response like don't chop up a body you fucking maniac but then <laughs> but we're watching it and we're like we know how he works we know yeah he's gonna we know sit that up. Lori knows <laughs> And he's but just she trying wants to his believe best. it's over. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a scene where both characters are right and they're in conflict, and uh-huh. it just warms my heart. <laughs> you know what I thought the funniest part of this movie was? What's that? When Josh Hartnett and his girlfriend 
they're running from Michael and they close this gate, but the gate has metal bars. So Michael reaches his arm through and is like slashing at them, but can't reach them. <laughs> and he just does it for like longer than you would think somebody would. Like, I think he does it until Lori shows up. It felt like it was the longest scene, but it was just so funny. Because <laughs> he's just like not paying attention anymore. He's just slashing. <laughs> yeah, like if he threw the knife, it would have better success rate of actually hurting somebody than just. <laughs> I think they walk into his like knife. <laughs> I, I like him like pointing the knife at them and they're far enough away and he just like pulls it back and tries to throw the knife forward. <laughs> like an underhand dart. <laughs> I um, like that though. That was very fun. <laughs> this movie does a really interesting callback to the very first Halloween where Lori is now the teacher. Mm. In the first Halloween, we remember seeing her in class and the the movie's theme is stated for us out loud this is movie is about fate and this movie has laurie teaching and uh talking about frankenstein right what could victor have done to save elizabeth uh and the answer was finally confront his monster mm. and god damn i thought everybody in this movie was gonna die except for laurie i thought that oh, was gonna really? be like she's gonna run away from him and then she will have to finally once she's lost everything confront him and that would be the only thing that could get her to confront him. Mm. But no, they just it was just a slasher movie. Yeah, I mean, like, she loses her boyfriend, who, like, mm -hmm. she finally opened up to and told him who she is. I guess for her to move forward and deal with her trauma, like, being able to move forward with her son makes a lot of sense narratively. Mm -hmm. So I, I am surprised that the girlfriend made it out, I guess. Like, I yeah. kind of expected the son, too. But the girlfriend definitely could have gone, and yet she didn't. It, it is kind of harkening back to the first movie, too, where, like, she has to protect those two kids that she's babysitting. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of even a similar scene, because they, like, go up the staircase, and she's like, go hide in that room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't put that together. But yeah, that is clearly a reference to it. I, I don't know. It's just like, there were there were no big choices made in this movie, I feel like, and that would have been a choice. It would have at least be a choice to say that Lori has chosen to run away her entire life, and then... If the movie's position, which, I mean, they put it in the beginning of the film. If the movie's position is that only once you have lost everything are you capable of confronting your monster, that's like a take on what it takes to, to change, to become somebody who can go back and confront your monsters. That would be interesting. But like right now, it's just like, how do you change to confront your monsters? They come for you and you... Uh, run away from them for a while and accidentally shoot the security like it wasn't it wasn't it didn't have anything going for it you know what i'm saying um yeah i think to an extent i didn't really get the sense that it was talking about like if you lose everything and then that's like the impetus i don't know i guess it was just kind of like you see her life slowly deteriorating and that she's not living her life because she's so tied to this mm -hmm. so for me it felt more about moving forward and part of moving forward is to Trust your son to go off on his own and that he can be his own person and will be safe in the world, or at least, like, as safe as anybody could be. Mm -hmm. And that you should be able to trust him, take care of himself, and then, yeah, you gotta face the literal monster who is coming to kill you, because, you know, he's not actually dead. <laughs> yeah. And you're still dealing with the trauma from that, and until you confront it and go after him instead of him just coming after you, like, you're still gonna be holding on to that and feeling like you can't tackle your life moving forward i guess i guess it would have been interesting to me if there was a more thematic resolution to it 
because I I do very much like again talking about like big funny choice scenes. Lori like stealing a cop's gun and stealing the van with his body in it. Yeah, awesome. stealing corners van. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but it is still her protecting her son, which is how she's behaving in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Her job is to protect her son in the beginning. Throughout the movie, she's protecting her son, and at the end, she does protect her son. If the movie, it seemed like they were setting her up for, like, an overprotective arc that she had to learn. Like, I would have loved it, like, even your description now, like, she has to learn to, like, trust her son. If her son had been like, okay, now you go upstairs and you get in the closet. And then her son, and then she trusts her son to fight him. Like, then, it, like, she could trust his son and then she learns something different. Well, I think it takes the emphasis away from Lori, then. It makes him more of the main character. I think if they would have found a way for them to, like, fight Michael together somehow, instead Ooh, of- with I would have liked to have that happen, especially because of how, like, strong Michael's supposed to be having two people fight him. You know, like, that makes sense. It'd be mm-hmm. more believable to have two people work together to kill him. Speaking of multiple people fighting Michael Myers, who do you think wins between the Ninja Turtles and Michael Myers? Um, well, Ninja Turtles are trained fighters, and Michael is just a guy with a knife. Oh, with no to technique. clarify, the Ninja Turtles don't have any weapons. Go ahead. Oh, um, well, they could just turn into turtle shells, and then Michael can't stab them, so <laughs> they win by attrition, <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> He's just slashing at their shells. Repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> um can i tell you one other the the one last problem i have with this movie okay i'm sure i'll have more problems if we continue talking about it <laughs> i'm sure you will too we have no sense throughout this entire movie about josh hartnett michelle williams clifford from the two the others clifford and his <laughs> sure. overly attractive girlfriend uh-huh. we have no sense of how popular they are oh i mean this is and a high school Situation. It's a high school movie, and we need to know, are they at the top of the food chain? Are they bullies? Are they getting bullied? Are they into sports? That gives us a context for how to interact with these kids. With the fact that we don't know, like, that to me is the clearest answer to, like, who are these characters? Because right now, they are four teens. <laughs> they are yeah. around and... Uh, <laughs> It's. It sounds like at least half of them are sexually active. I think that's all I know about them. <laughs> yeah. I think personally for me, since I didn't really like the two friend characters, I was fine with not getting any more like screen time with them or necessarily <laughs> yeah. like context. It would have made sense to know a little bit more about Josh Hardnett's character, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. The two friends came across as sort of like the stoner outcasts in a way who just like don't give a fuck. Right. But I could definitely see, like, Josh Hartnett and his girlfriend being more of kind of, like, typically popular people. Yeah. They need to interact <laughs> with somebody outside the group. Yeah, they didn't. I guess you would have to pay another extra to do that then. That's true. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's uh, something they didn't care about. But yeah, defi- define them up or define them down. Give them a status to either play themselves or to respond to. And then I get it. Then I get who you are, Josh Hartnett. <laughs> He was just Josh Hartnett playing Josh Hartnett. You know? I will say Josh Hartnett is the kind of actor who could play either a popular kid or a nerd who gets bullied. We need. To, we also need to see the faculty because that's another aspect of kind of like the, the bad boy sort of outcast dude is sort of his role in that. Do we know how popular he is in that movie? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, good, good. <laughs> I, as we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, this is something I need from a high school movie. I need it established how popular these kids are, one way or the other. Very important. I mean, hey, we've all watched Buffy, right? Buffy's mm-hmm. very invested in that too. As it should be. <laughs> we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but Roxy, what do you think is the big idea of this movie? The big idea. Yeah, I I suppose, yeah, for me, it was overcoming trauma and like kind of getting your life back, taking your life back on your yeah. own. Not not exactly subtle. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think for all of the movies we've done, a lot of them will have different layers to it and a lot of different things they're trying to do. And of course, having like, there'll be a couple main things they're trying to hit. But this one, more so than maybe even any of the other ones we've done, feels very straightforward. <laughs> Mm-hmm. about its idea. The continuity of this one is that this is, again, like most Halloween sequels, Halloween 2, right? Th- this movie assumes that uh, over the course of the the events of Halloween 1 and 2 took place in one night. Mm-hmm. So yep. this is the first time Michael Myers is coming back. I think so, right? I mean, I haven't seen all of the in-between movies, so I'm not quite sure which ones of those. Yeah, Correlate. I haven't either. That, that's um, my that's my understanding. They talk yeah. specifically in this movie about like you saw Michael Myers burn, right? Yes. Which is the ending of Halloween two, mm-hmm. and that canonically is just one big chaotic night. Yeah, it's basically a single event split up into two movies. So yeah, like it it feels like that's an obvious thing to deal with. <laughs> like if you are saying how is Laurie looking? Yeah. After all of these Michael Myers years. Uh, that's a good answer. The, like, yeah, she's probably traumatized. It's turning out that's the only answer. I think I think that, like, the fact that we've had this many now Halloween twos mm-hmm. tells me that, yeah, uh, we've seen Laurie with dealing with this now. And uh, I'm ready for it to be done. Yeah, that movie feels like, like, H2O feels like it is the final thing. She chops Michael's head off and then that's it. And mm-hmm. it feels like that should be it. But uh, horror movies make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> These franchises just Boy, keep going. Uh, no, it's fine. Yeah, we, kn- we know what this movie's about. We know it's about trauma. We know Laurie's got a lot going on. She had a rough Yeah, night. and then she deals with it. I know, it feels pretty fi- final. It feels pretty <laughs> satisfying in that, that moment. And then whatever sequels are just going to kind of tell you. Well, cool, she did that, but he a- he actually not dead. He gonna come back. <laughs> I would say, I think from now Trauma's on, every done. Halloween movie should just forget the events of all previous movies except the original Halloween. They should, every Halloween movie from this point forward should just be a new take on Halloween 2. So they kind of try to do something similar in the sense of, uh, God, the, the one that has the Halloween masks, is that, I'm sure people are like screaming, listening to me not remember this <laughs> it's, it's obviously <laughs> halloween blank it's uh three or four i think the season of the witch i think so yeah where they wanted to try and make it an anthology kind of horror series where it's just things that happen on halloween night see that's not quite it okay so you still want like michael myers to be a part of it yes okay i want every halloween movie to be michael myers has broken out of the institution and what's going to happen next dang it he did it again we're just so bad at keeping him in this institution <laughs> no but that's the thing if each movie is a reboot to halloween then it's always so about like the alternative first time. it's an alternative thing that he could have done when he breaks right. out yes it, it's a time loop <laughs> it's a time loop it's groundhog's day <laughs> groundhog's day starring michael myers 
Um, I was about to say, like, how unfortunate would it be if Groundhog's Day was also the day that Michael Myers was loose? And then I was like, oh, they made that movie. And it's, what is it? Happy Death Day? Happy Death Day, yes. Yeah. And that movie rules. But uh, yeah, they did it. All right. I, I was like, oh, I've got this great idea for a horror movie. And yeah, they so did everybody. I mean, they didn't do it with Michael Myers, though, Mikey. No. That could be your uh, your pitch That's- script. <laughs> the next Halloween, Halloween 30, whatever number we're on right now. (laughs) Uh, Roxy, I got a question for you. Do ya? Okay, what is it? Hit me. Okay, in this movie, we see Lori fake her own death. Mm -hmm. We get newspaper clippings that she was in a car accident, and then she's just gone. And then all of a sudden, uh, Janet Turcuckin shows up and (laughs) takes over as headmistress. I don't remember what her fake name was. Yes, that was her name. (laughs) Uh Uh, Turducken, did you say? Uh, yeah, Janice Terfuckin. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, if you were going to fake your own death, how would you do it? How would I do it? Well, I'd have to get everyone to believe it. That's important. Maybe some, yes. <laughs> Maybe some sort of, uh, swap. Mm-hmm. I don't know, get, br- break into the morgue and steal a, steal a corpse that fits your build. <laughs> okay, okay, and then I fake like your, Then fake your dental records. Uh-huh. <laughs> then, uh... Oh, you the- would, to be to be clear, you would have to cut out your own teeth for this. Oh, yes, yeah, no, and I think it's to, worth it. You just detach your jaw and then <laughs> swap it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then you uh, light it on fire somewhere, like have a burn down your car or your house or something. Mm. Make it real convincing. <laughs> yeah, in the location you would be in. Yeah, and then I, uh, I like out. this a lot. I think you make it very clear to all your friends in the month before your fake death that you are done brushing your teeth and. God, if all my teeth fall out, then who cares? Yeah, I feel like my teeth are just moving around, you know? Like, maybe my x-rays aren't correct anymore. Maybe I should go to the dentist. Yeah, you go out to lunch for with your friends, and you just, like, start spitting out teeth. Like, <laughs> ugh, why is this happening? <laughs> Anyways, tell me more about your day, Brian. And then, when you get the corpse, you can just knock all the teeth out yourself, burn it up, and you're home free. Yeah, exactly. If there aren't any teeth in there, you can't double check. <laughs> it, the teeth are what does it. Uh, oh, or maybe, you, you know what I do? I go to the dentist's office and burn that down so they don't have the x-rays. So then they don't have anything to check it with. Why don't you just kill your dentist? And then I go to the dentist's house and burn his house down. And burn <laughs> so him down. So then he can't testify or find the backups on his computer. What if you just burn down your dentist's house and then everybody thought your dentist was you? Oh, or that he, he murdered me. Yeah. So then it's obviously I'm dead because he murdered me. <laughs> hey, it's an idea. <laughs> okay, well, what would you do, Mikey? I would throw a deer in a wood chipper, and then I would uh, leave a note that says, I'm going into the wood chipper. And then everybody would see that big pile of meat down there at the bottom of the wood chipper, and they'd be like, well, there he is. <laughs> what did the deer ever do to you? Uh, so they, they wouldn't check to see if what it was human remains? What did your dentist ever do to you? What do you <laughs> I mean, what are you he... <laughs> Okay, so they you have to come up with this scenario that makes it so they don't check to make sure that's human meat, right? Well, okay. Imagine you're a small town detective. Yes. And you roll up to the scene of a crime, and you see a wood chipper. Yes. And there's a big pile of meat under it, and uh-huh. then you find a note that says, I'm going into the wood chipper. Signed, Michael Signed McCuller. Mikey McCuller. <laughs> what more are you going to do? What's the What are next steps? I'm, I'll tell you uh, what my I next steps are. I guess if you are. just want to... <laughs> Okay. Shovel up that pile of meat and go about my day. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it's an open and shut case, obviously. There, there's a note. How could you ever question that? The evidence suggests that that is a man in the pile. Like, they're not going to test meat. Okay, yeah, it's you meat. really have, you have to go to a small town where they are, aren't used to dealing with homicides or death, and they also just don't care. They want to get mm. back to doing whatever thing they're doing. Although, can so I, I tell you- your location would be important. <laughs> the problem in that plan, uh-huh. uh, if I go to so small a town, they might be familiar with how many deer they have running around. Oh, okay. So if one goes missing, then they're count. like, did he maybe eat the deer first? I should say, my note should say, I'm going to eat this deer and then go into the wood chipper. There you go. Okay, so then if they do check it, it can just be like, oh, it was just in his stomach. That's that's why. Oh, right, right. They must have yeah. gotten one of the pieces of deer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They must exactly. have gotten one of the stomach pieces. Okay, there we go. We solved your problem. Okay, perfect plan. <laughs> perfect plan. We did it. Roxy, <laughs> well, we should probably rank our death plans one to nine in terms of how likely they are to happen. We're going to rank Halloween H2O in terms of how likely it is to happen. On a scale of one to nine, how likely do you think the events of this movie are to happen in real life? Um, so I had like a two-part answer. Again. Okay. So trauma disrupting your life, if you don't deal with it, I'd say it's a nine out of nine. That's, that's a nine. Gonna that's a yeah, nine. That's, that's a nine. <laughs> that's what trauma does. But uh, an actual dead man coming back to kill you, uh, I'd say it's a one out of nine, unless it's mm. some sort of zombie situation. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I you? said I said a three. Okay. Because the idea of a, a crazy person coming after you, sure. The idea that he survives a gunshot or two, okay. This movie never addresses, and I don't know, maybe they have in other Halloween movies. How come he's invincible? Yeah, I don't think. Isn't he just a man? They do. Like, I, I feel like Jason coming back from the dead and Freddy, like, getting killed. Like, coming back from the dead invokes, like, a kind of mystical There are supernatural situation. elements yeah. to them, yes. But Michael doesn't really have I guess that. At least not back in from some the dead of the also. movies. Yeah. I don't know. Or I, I is guess... the question if he ever actually died? Like, he just won't yeah. die. You stab him, you light him on fire. So it's like, what's the deal? Why isn't anybody questioning that? I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things that... Like, Michael doesn't have those sort of supernatural tendencies compared to a lot of these other slasher movie mm-hmm. killers and stuff. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. They, they need, like, they need like, a scientific exp- explanation. <laughs> they need to say that, like, in the madhouse, they were, like, experimenting on it. They had a new drug that would help people survive car accidents. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were and they were experimenting on all these crazy people just to see like wow maybe they could become physically unstoppable and they gave it to the wrong man this summer directed by Captain michael America. myers halloween <laughs> <the> 2 <laughs> with the first movie it came across as them trying to convey an idea that he just can't die that he could be anywhere kind of mm-hmm. thing that danger is everywhere but then yeah once they start piling on the sequels then you actually have to explain like okay well how does he actually come back how can this keep happening this is just silly at this point give this man an amulet okay yeah and i'm like yeah you got a, a mystical amulet around your neck sure you're invincible i get it yeah it, it can do whatever you want it to do it's it <laughs> works perfectly i buy it <laughs> it is time to collect your souls i mean it is time to collect your bets you want to settle up our bet 
from last week there, Rox? Let's do that. Yeah. So our bet last week was how many people would die in Halloween H2O. Uh, I said nine. Mikey, you said? I said 11. 11. Uh, okay, so the actual answer is seven. Seven people die, so we're both off. The answer is seven. Great. Way to go, Roxy. You still did it. I went way too high. Cool. I'll, I'll say I won just come closer. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, I have kind of a big surprise for you. Do you? Okay. Yeah. What, what's up? We have a guest. The, the down mirror? Here in the scary through, basement. through the mirror? Or yeah, well, it- we're we're talking to him through the mirror, but he's just Joseph Gordon-Levitt from our universe. What? No way! Yeah, that's a pretty good it. get, Mikey. Yeah, dang. So let's uh, you and me both hop through the mirror. We hop through the mirror, right? We don't. We, do we look can? into it. There's no nothing saying you can't hop through it. <laughs> I forget how our mythology works. Uh, yeah, let's jump through the mirror and conduct a special interview with who I eh, pretty good get on my end. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Roxy, our guest today is a hugely famous actor. He's appeared in numerous movies, including Inception, 500 Days of Summer, and most relevant to us today, Halloween H2O. Give it up for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. How are you doing, bud? Hi. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. It's so good to meet you. So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, in Halloween H2O, you get killed off right in the opening scene. But you're such a big actor now. I'm just wondering, why such a small part? <laughs> I, I wonder that myself. At first, I had a big part in the movie, but they cut my storyline for time. Oh, so your character Jimmy, who I should point out died in the very first scene, was initially important? Uh, how How did that play out? See, originally... I didn't die. I went home and didn't see Michael Myers at all. Uh, two ships in the night. Then we saw what my life was like 10 years later. Wait, really? Like, the movie jumped ahead 10 years. That feels complicated. Actually, it wasn't. They put up a Chiron that said 10 years later, and so everyone knew it was 10 years later. In this scene, I was older, with a beard, and I'd become a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. Oh, interesting, interesting. How did that tie into the rest of the movie? I'm getting there. So we see this scene of me talking to my cadets, and there's this one soldier, a real ding this guy, and he and I have this tense exchange where I threaten to throw him in the disciplinary barracks. I'm a tough leader, but I'm fair. Then a Chiron comes up and says 10 years earlier, and we see all the stuff with Lori and her son in the academy and such. Hang on, I still don't see how that connects to the rest of the movie. There's, like, no other mention of the army. Hold on, Rox, I bet it all connects. Believe me, it connects. So Lori runs the school. She's overprotective of her son, Michael Myers, is back, yada, yada. Then we get a Chiron 20 years later. So 10 years after the last 10 years? Yeah, Roxy, keep up. This time I'm in the trenches in that wily rogue infantryman, remember him? The dingaling. We're under heavy fire. Then I say to Kimball, his name is Kimball, you see. I say to Kimball, Kimball, I'm glad you were the best man in my wedding. And the whole audience is like, how did Jimmy and Kimball get to be such good friends? Last time we saw them, they were at each other's throats. Well, we soon get our answer when a scene begins with a Chiron eight years earlier. That's when we see my wedding. Uh, there was a flashback within the flash forward, and it still has nothing to do with Michael Myers? Uh, I can see why this all got cut. No, this scene was vital, and if it had been included, I think Halloween H2O would have been a massive hit. Hey, I believe it. I am invested in the stories of Jimmy and Kimball. 
So I'm at my wedding and besides me is Kimball. Officiating the wedding is another soldier who we met before. His name is Sandoval. Who are all these characters? They have an important role to play in the film Halloween H2O. So Sandoval is at the altar, stoic and chewing on a cigar as always. Classic Sandoval. Suddenly, Sandoval is murdered. By Michael Myers? Please tell me it's by Michael Myers. No, that's what you'd think, but it's actually by the government. Sandoval drops as the sniper bullet pierces his heart. Of course, this is all about the bastards who sent my unit to war. They have secrets to keep, and we, the audience, will learn about these secrets in the next scene, which takes place two years earlier. Two years earlier than the Lori parts, or two years earlier than your character's wedding? Two years earlier than the wedding, but six years later than the Lori parts. It's not that confusing. There's a Chiron that explains this. It says two years earlier than the wedding, but six years later than the Lori parts. Ooh, ooh, what happens next? So we see me meeting with these two men in black suits, clearly the conspirators, and we brawl in a coffee shop because my values cannot be compromised, not even for my own government. So one of these suited men punches me in the face, thwack, I go unconscious, then a Chiron two days later, but six years and two days later than the Lori stuff. I wake up and I'm in a rocket ship in space. The audience is in their seats, riveted. How did Jimmy get into space, they're saying? And how did Kimball end up as his best man? This storyline doesn't make any sense on its own, let alone in connection to Halloween. But then it all comes back around. The ship redirects itself, probably on order of the government. So I'm rocketing back to Earth, a new Chiron. 20 minutes later, my ship is heading for the sea. Splash! Another Chiron. Six years and two days earlier, Josh Hartnett has a Halloween party with his friends. Now another Chiron. Six years, two days, and two hours later, my spaceship is deep underwater, the windshield is cracked, and it's filling up fast. I pounded the glass. The audience is screaming at the top of their lungs. How will Jimmy make it out of this one? Oh my god, no one is invested in Jimmy. I kick out the windshield, swim to the surface. A piece of my ship, the space wing, is broken off. I grab hold, float along, and then on the beach, I see it. Could it be a Chiron? Ten minutes later, I'm still looking at the beach. Finally, we see it on the beach is... Yeah? Yeah? What? A Halloween party. It's Halloween, but I'm in the water. Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O isn't about Halloween on the water. It's about Halloween 20 years after the first movie. Did you read the script? Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm glad they cut all that stuff out. Also, who throws a Halloween party on the beach? Well, there we did it. That was uh, an interview with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. An interview or monologue. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) We learned a lot, I guess. We did. And uh, (laughs) he's the kind of guy who um, is really up his own ass, (laughs) is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, God bless him for it. (laughs) Who cares? Who cares how Joseph Gordon-Levitt acts? He can act however he... He was in 500 Days of Summer. That movie's great. Yeah. Oh, oh damn, here he comes. Our boy, the demon bot. He's sure here. Congratulations, you have successfully reviewed Halloween H2O. Your souls are safe for another week. Next week, you must review the film Halloween, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and... Wait, I think something is wrong with my programming. Did I not have you review Halloween already? Oh, I see. This is another film titled Halloween directed by Rob Zombie and... No, wait, that is still the wrong film. How many films are titled just Halloween anyway? Are they trying to corrupt my logic circuits? 
I do not care how many William Shatner masks you wear, you will not pull a Captain Kirk on me. I have seen Star Trek and know his ability to confuse computers to death. This is the 2018 film directed by David Gordon Green starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Matishik. No, we got another Halloween, and I think it's another uh, How Does Laurie Deal With Trauma movie. Yep, it's, it, it sure will be. I actually haven't seen this one, but I've seen the trailers, and that is what it appears to be. <laughs> Uh, I started watching it and couldn't believe how awesome it was. So there's no Josh Hartnett in it, though. He's just deleted from existence. So we got oh, new to be, children to be in fair, the I did print out a picture of Josh Hartnett and cut him out and tape him to the corner of my TV, like the uh, toasty guy from Mortal Kombat. So it oh, looks okay. like Josh Hartnett is in every scene. Okay, I'll have to do that then too. It's the only way to have a truly immersive experience. I think. Uh, we got to make a bet, of course. Yeah, let's uh, continue the trend, shall we? Have a mm-hmm. kill count for Halloween 2018. How many people do you think is going to be in this body count, Mikey? I'm going to say eight. Eight. That was going to be what I was going to say, but so you I will <laughs> I'll undercut down. you then uh, and that. say seven. It does feel like there's always less kills in these movies than you think there's going to be. I suppose so, yeah, because it's not like a camp counselor thing where there's like 20 you know, yeah. teens are all going to get killed off. It's a little more structured. All horror movies need like a, a little less fodder. We need like a party scene where the killer can mm. get out there and stick his knife out and just spin in a circle and cut off heads. <laughs> I'm sure there is one that does that. Exactly. Uh, Freddy versus Jason has a pretty good party scene. Does it? It's like in the cornfield. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. That yep. rules too. <laughs> All right. Anything making you happy this week, Roxy? What are you smiling about over there? <laughs> I got, I don't know. I got a lot to smile about, but I think uh, the thing that happened most recently was just being able to go through all of the Halloween stuff in stores. I love just going mm. through aisles of like cool, spooky, creepy home decor and uh, other cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just kind of being absorbed in the October spooky season. Yeah, it really is our time. This yeah, time. and it's just like such a, a small thing. I mean, it's going to be like that for any kind of holiday. You know, I'm mm. sure people who are really into Easter get super psyched when the stores transform Dude, into Easter. <laughs> nobody <laughs> is super psyched for Easter except for Jesus Christ. I mean, it was a pretty big deal. He came back to life, right? <laughs> That's the day he gets to come back to life. <laughs> I'll tell you what's making me happy. What, Mikey? I don't know. Roxy, you're not going to believe it. What? I Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. What? <laughs> okay. I know. All right. What? I saw the first one and hated it so much. Why did I even watch the second one? I, I don't like, know what? because I never watched the second one because I hated the first one so much. Yeah. Yeah. That was... Me too. But I was just like, where could they possibly go? The first one ends with... Uh, a rebooted Laurie Strode, the first non-Jamie Lee Curtis Laurie Strode, which is cool. Um, is it? <laughs> just shooting Michael Myers in the head. <laughs> and so then I was like, what are they going to do for Halloween 2? I'll tell you. They get weird. Does he get an amulet? No, but he does start seeing his mother and a pale horse that she's leading through oh the countryside. God. Oh my God. And it's okay. very weird and very funny. What they do with Loomis in the second Rob Zombie Halloween movie is brilliant. 
Do th- okay. So Loomis is a con- I I feel like I blocked out that entire movie after I had seen it, so I don't even remember there being a Loomis character in it. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm McDowell is in it. Uh, wait, and he's- the actual actor. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no, he's not. He's not the original, is he? No, no, he's not the original. Okay, I was like, wait, not Malcolm McDowell. He <laughs> could be. They've got the same vibe. Okay. Uh, but yeah, in the second Rob Zombie Halloween movie, he's like a fame whore. And he like wrote oh. a book and is like going on talk shows. <laughs> and Weird. Like, okay. You're disgusting. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not a disgusting man. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, way better than it has any right to be. Couldn't believe it. That's what's making me happy. Uh, I guess maybe I should give it a shot. I don't know. <laughs> I feel so tired even just suggesting it. <laughs> but I trust your judgment, Mikey. So uh, I owe it. Yeah, I think. I'm smart and right. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to get out of this scary basement? Yeah, I sure am. What What's your plan this week, Mikey? You got a new tactic? So, or- yeah, as we know, every week, Demon Bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door to keep me and Roxy from escaping. But this week, I got a plan. Okay. Roxy? Mikey? I bought a shotgun. Uh, straightforward. I like I just, it. I can respect it. I just bought a shotgun. <laughs> Okay, So cool. let's creep on out of the scary basement and see what we got here. Uh-oh, Roxy. Ooh, who is it? What is it? I can't see. The guard is a pumpkin head from the 1988 movie Pumpkinhead. Oh. And, and, get this, he's wearing a single piece of chain mail that gives him a plus two bonus to defense against shotguns. Okay, well, d- don't shoot him in the chest. Shoot him in the pumpkin head. Bigger target, right? Oh, okay, we'll try that. Okay. It worked really well. Okay, great. <laughs> Sometimes these little uh, curveballs, you think they're going to slow you down, but not this time. I don't remember the lore of pumpkin heads either. Do they like reassemble? Let's get the fuck out of here before it does yeah. decides to not die. <laughs> yeah, let's just get out of here before we have to find out. Okay, yeah, you can gloat later. Let's get out of here. Bye. Bye.